This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. As always, it is I, Jason Lockenfora, at Jason Lockenfora, with my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL, here to take you through everything you need to know going on in the NFL at this point in the offseason and Baldy before we set the table for the folks though about what we will be discussing in this episode I have to let everybody know off the bat that we now are part of the Odyssey family there's been a change uh in the corporate ranks uh some new branding uh some new names and again we are now part of Odyssey Odyssey is home to the industry's most influential collection of broadcast and digital content, podcast, and premium live experiences. We provide the news our fans need, the sports they love, the podcasts they crave, the music they can't live without, live and on demand. Today, something's changing. We're now part of a brand called Odyssey. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it the coming weeks and months. Radio.com is now Odyssey. What's changed? The name on my paycheck and the name of the app on your phone. What hasn't? All the great content you already get from us and the great music, news, sports, and podcasts from across the country. If you've already downloaded the Radio.com app, it will automatically update to Odyssey. If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Download the Odyssey app today to get all the audio that matters to you. Part audio, part audacious, part Odyssey. We can't wait for you to hear what's in store in a universe of audio. We are Odyssey. Baldy, we're Odyssey. I think yeah. we're audio. I think we're audacious. And we're going to take people on a football Odyssey. So I guess all this applies to us, brother. Well, I mean, let's get it started because there's so much. I, I can't remember an offseason that has started like this with the amount of news that really affects everybody in this industry, all pieces of the pie, where everybody is affected, whether it's the players, the league, a 17-game schedule, a $110 billion television deal, trades that went crazy last Friday, uh, you name it. Like, we are – you. Th- this is the content right now that people just can't seem to get enough, and they're not getting enough. No, they're, they're not. And we are going to uh, start here with some of the business of football. We will talk about the 17 games um, the economic pie that is growing exponentially with these broadcast deals and what it means for you as a fan. We will dissect uh, the myriad, the flurry of trade activities in the top 10 of the draft already. Newsflash, it ain't done yet either. With the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Dolphins all making significant moves, we'll continue to look at what that means for the landscape of the quarterback position for those teams. Jimmy G in particular, um, which quarterbacks in the draft make the most sense? Baldy, I think, I don't think, I know the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. The first four could be. Um, will the Panthers be on the outside at eight? Could five quarterbacks go before the Panthers? Do they need to still move up to get into this draft? And then obviously a little bit about some of the matches of of, of um, you know a guy like a Kyle Pitts, a guy like a, a Soul out there uh, in 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 uh, in yeah, Oregon. Jamar Chase and yeah, yeah. Jamar Chase who um, ran a, a four three uh, allegedly, I guess, at his yeah. pro day uh, as we record this party. So we will get to the nuts and bolts football stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. But you and I both work in the broadcast arenas covering this sport. 
Um, they secured 10 years of labor peace. Uh, what? I don't know, about eight, nine months ago. And Last now year. they have secured 10 years of broadcast rights while the game is growing with more teams in the playoffs, more regular season games as well, and more international expansion, Baldy. Uh, yeah. That sounds audacious to me. It's more than audacious. Uh, it is, uh, it, 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 it's what the commissioner has been pushing for, to grow the game, grow the game internationally, uh, to grow it in different ways, and to see that the television partners, including Amazon, who uh, will be yes. a part of the Thursday night package, has uh, now joined the, the broadcast partners. And that was able to um, attract $110 billion. $110 billion over the next, I don't know exactly how that comes out to each team. Uh, JC, you probably have. Well, yeah, it's three. It's, it's three hundred million. The TV rights alone, Baldy, beginning next year and running for the next ten years, break down to three hundred million per team. So I'm not very good at math, but three hundred million times ten, the length of the deal, three billion dollars to each owner alone, Baldy, over ten years, just for the TV rights. Doesn't include a hot dog. Doesn't no. include a ticket. Doesn't include a suite or a sponsorship. Doesn't include the gambling money. That's about to come in hand over fist, not, not a bad business to be a part of. It is. It, the, the economics have never been healthier. Uh, it's a great time to be a part of the league, to be a player in the league. Uh, they, the, the players, you know, they, they collectively bargained uh, the new CBA last year that they signed off on. There is an increase in pay from 47% of that uh, total revenue to 48%. And it goes up from there. So, yep. The players will be compensated more. They can. You're going to hear chirping on the outside about, you know, health and safety and all that. And and it's they feel like the, the, a lot of the injuries happen in preseason. Yep. Jason, uh, there's one less preseason game. Look, the the fact is is that players have always adjusted. Jason, there was a time when it was a 14 regular season schedule with six preseason games that went to 16 games and four preseason. In 1978, it's now at 17 regular season and three preseason games, and it will probably move again. Um, it was a 12-team league at one time, Jason. The league it just continues to grow, and that's just where we're at right now. And it's a healthy situation, and it allows, I don't know, uh, you know, Harold Katz and all the group that have to put this schedule together. I don't know how you make an equitable 17-game schedule. Uh, for everybody yeah. involved, that will be that will be handled in May. It's a good time. It's a good time in the NFL right now, and to do it all within the parameters of this this uh, raging pandemic we have all had to deal with is even more amazing to me. No, it, it is, and and look, I, I just I, I feel like I have to always do this as a public service announcement because the fans have been trained, um, maybe brainwashed into cap, 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 cap. Baldy, it blows my mind. I cover baseball. They talk about payroll. They talk about which teams are spending and which yeah. teams aren't. Football, it's all funny money. I got news for you, folks. Even Mike Brown, he's going to get the, the cap right now. Baldy is 182. He's getting $300 million a year off yeah. the top for the next 10 years. If they want to keep Carl Lawson, and I don't mean to pick on the Bengals, but if they yeah. want to keep William Jackson and you got 50 million in cap space and you've got this windfall coming in, 
It's going to be a long time before the salary cap gets to 300 million, folks. And again, this is not including any other revenue streams. So let's keep that in mind. Guys get cut because teams don't want to pay them what they're owed anymore. Period. You can get around the cap. So anyway, just wanted to get that off off my chest. That's a a good rant, though, Jason, because Tampa Bay started off a free agency Mm. in the negative. They had Mm -hmm. negative money, and they signed everybody. So, like, all you have to do is just take a look at what the world champions, whose flag, by the way, flies right outside my building here at NFL Films, uh, their championship banner, and they're loading up to go for a repeat. So all you have to do is just look at how uh, Tampa Bay moved their money around and restructured contracts, and everything is possible and doable. And you're right. If anybody says that they were a salary cap casually, it's just because they didn't want to pay him. That's all it was. Well, what every team loves, Baldy, is young, cheap labor. And we are coming up on the draft, and teams have already begun jockeying in earnest in the top 10. I wrote a column a week ago uh, saying there's going to be more top 10 trades than ever before. Then two of them happen in the next six hours. Uh, yeah. And again, we're not done yet. I guess we'll start with the 49ers who who made the, the pronounced move yes. from outside of the top 10 to number three. I think you would agree with me that Trevor Lawrence and the kid from BYU were already locked in as the first two picks. And the draft starts at three with Kyle Shanahan now having his pick of three other first-round type quarterbacks uh, to choose from. Well, I'm sure that you've already covered this as well, Jason, but I mean, it's the economics of today's game and the reality of today's game and the evidence, all points, that you you almost have to build around a rookie quarterback. And the quicker you can do that, the better the team around that quarterback you can build. And so it's not necessarily a knock on Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, but he's missed 23 games. I mean, you're not going to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback that the 49ers have employed. You're not going to get near a Super Bowl, and they didn't. So really, it's not really a knock on Jimmy, although you got to be out there for, you know, 16 games to have a chance right now, the way Brady and Wilson, some of these guys do every year. But that being said, go get your guy. And literally the the moment they put their card up uh, in Cleveland on the night of April 29th, for whatever quarterback it's going to be, the clock starts on winning that Super Bowl. And you can, they've got to pay Fred Warner and Nick Boza. Yeah. They just paid their left tackle. I mean, you're going to need money to do that. And to me, I know people say, and I've heard what the 49ers said. I've heard this, I've seen this movie too many times mm. about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's under contract. He's our guy. No, he isn't. Nope. No, he isn't. It's, like, I heard it when they drafted Carson Wentz. And, I, and I've heard it on and on and on. And really, if Cleveland had to do it all over again, they would have just started Baker from the beginning. I mean, they waited three games, and, and they put him in there in the third game against the Jets, and he took over. But you got to get these guys out there right now. And the, whatever learning curve there is, you've got a 17th game now. You could go 0-3 in September and be in the playoffs in this league right now. So take your lumps, whatever they are, Make the right choice at the quarterback position because who would have thought Justin Herbert could come in and play at his level that he did last year? Like, that's where we're at in this business. These guys are ready to play if you pick the right guy. 
And so to me, the 49ers made that move because they're going to try to win their next Super Bowl and make no mistake about it. In San Francisco, there's only some organizations that think like this, but the 49ers do. It's only about winning championships. It's not about getting to the playoffs or winning the division. It's about winning championships. And so their next championship is going to be with this rookie quarterback if if they're good enough. Well, and and which of these three do you think fits best? Um, we've got Mac Jones, who we've seen Kyle and his dad back in the day go for a Kirk Cousins type guy. We've seen Kyle after a first year of some fits and starts get together with Matt Ryan in year two, a not very mobile guy, and almost win a Super Bowl and win an MVP award. And we've obviously seen him do it with athletic guys. Garoppolo, before, especially before the first knee injury, very mobile. RG3 had a transcendent rookie season before his body um, started to betray him. Uh, so you've got a Trey Lance and and a Fields who would fit that other mold. Baldy, to me, it'd be really audacious to move up for Lance, who only played one game this year, and there's such a limited sample size. Although with Kyle, I guess you could make the case for all three. You can. And that's part. And even if for, if for some reason, you know, I mean, Zach Wilson still has to go to a physical with the Jets. And I don't know, maybe the shoulder just isn't what their doctors think can hold up in his business. We got to wait and see. But even if the Jets aren't a lock to take Zach Wilson, it looks like it is. Everything sort of points to it. But if, if for some reason there isn't, there could be another trade being made to get to Zach. So I think the 49ers would be comfortable with Zach Wilson should he be available. But I I don't the, – the thing that you can make a case for any of these guys with Kyle he, – Kyle Shanahan is part of this group that I, I kind of do some work with called Quarterback Collective, Richmond Flowers. Yeah, yeah yep. Coached, coached in Washington uh, with Kyle and, you know, with, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur and a whole group that came out of Washington then with Mike Shanahan. Yep. He's he, – that group has spent time with, with uh, Justin Fields when he was in high school, just like they did with Caleb Williams this year, who's going to Oklahoma now. I mean, they know Justin Fields from his high school days. I mean, I think that's why they went down to Alabama yesterday. This is we're taping this on Wednesday. They were in Alabama on Tuesday to see Mac Jones because um, I, I think they know Justin Fields. But I can honestly make a case. For any of these, I, the one guy that everybody sort of points to is Trey Lance, and I would take Mac Jones and Justin Fields over Trey Lance just because of the body of work and that they all played this year and, you know, they all improved this year. And you could take games, you take Justin Fields' semifinal Sugar Bowl game, and you could say if you just looked at Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in that game, you take Justin, you take Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. But we're talking about a three-year body of work from Trevor Lawrence, but, you know, I can make a case for any of them. I don't have an inside track to how they're thinking, but because I think all three guys can really fit with what he does. It's so quarterback friendly. Gun to your head as we speak. Shoot your shot. Which one do you just have a hunch on? Which one do you think it is? Justin Fields. Cool. Okay. I will I – will st- stockpile that away for when I do my mock draft. Sure, you know, I mean, I, you know, if it's, you know, Justin Fields doesn't, you know, 
lasts all the way to number nine in Denver and people just, you know, want to abuse me. I, I've got big, strong shoulders that I can handle. Jason. <laughs> yeah, you will be just fine. Um, the Miami Dolphins continue yeah. to amass assets. They now, Baldy, have 13 picks in the first three rounds over the course of the next three drafts, including multiple yeah. years with multiple first round picks as they move down and then get back um, to six where the Eagles originally were. I I agree with what they do in theory, Baldy, but I, I feel like I have to also point out that like, and I'm a Tua guy. I'm, I think I might be more of a Tua guy than Brian Flores actually, but the verdict's out on the three first rounders last year. It's not like any of those burst onto the scene and was an absolute yeah. home run. I'm with you. And the USC kid they took, remember, that's Minka Fitzpatrick. You know what I mean? They, they didn't want to use Minka the way he needed to be well, used. I mean, it's Laramie Tunsil. I mean, you'll pick a guy. I mean, they had arguably the best left tackle in football, and they gave him up, and now they're going with Austin Jackson, who missed time last year and certainly didn't look like he's a lock. Right. The whole and that's the pick that. that they got for Minka Fitzpatrick, who hell of a player for the Steelers, right? Last year – I'm old enough to remember Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson being their 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 big yeah. splurges in free agency. Neither one's there, Baldy. They've gone through a lot of offensive coaches. Now they have two offensive coordinators. Um, yeah. They signed Will Fuller. This year they kind of sit on their hands in free agency after it didn't go so well last year, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But Will Fuller's suspended. He's hurt all the time. Devontae mm-hmm. Parker has injury issues. Um, you know, you got to translate – assets into players and I I am and I also don't know how on the same page that front office and coaching staff is just based on what I just said the purge of players who come in and they're gone and the quarterback's getting yanked his second or third game in the league yeah no I think it's fair to ask questions is it not yes no 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 it's very fair Jason I'm with you on it because assets are only good if you if you strike gold for example like in two, the, the the New Orleans Saints, three years in a row, finished the year seven and nine. People want to forget about that sometimes. Sean Payton and yeah, Dubrie. they were seven and nine three years in a row. And then in two thousand and seventeen, they struck gold. The draft, okay, yeah. when they drafted Ryan Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore and Alvin Kamara, and they completely turned their entire franchise around because they completely struck gold. They also drafted Trey Hendrickson that year. Yeah, they struck gold in one draft, and Kamara's a top-five player in this league. Ramchek can hold down the right tackle position as well as anybody. And Lattimore's been a lockdown guy. So, like, it, so sometimes, while assets are nice, I'd rather have a great player. Just give me five or six, like the Rams. Give me five or six great players, and I'll get you to the playoffs. Give me Jalen Ramsey and – and, you know, give me Aaron Donald, and I'll fill in the rest. Right. Just give me – but if – like, I, I'm not sold on any of those guys that the Dolphins drafted. Even if you get to the second round and you look at Robert Hunt or Raekwon Davis, I mean, I'm not sold on any of those guys, that they're just going to be Pro Bowl players and lock down those positions for the next five or ten years. I, I And so, yes, the 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 – the turnover continues. I, I mean, Cleveland has wasted how many assets? And oh, forever, right? Till they got it right. Forever. Three wrongs before they finally got it right. Yeah. So we have seen this song before, 
where you go, oh, wow, look at what they've – and it's the Jets are in a very similar boat right mm-hmm. now with what Joe Douglas has acquired. But Joe Douglas needs to hit. I mean, this quarter – because if you if they don't hit – I know I'm all over the place here. But if you don't hit, you're going to be back with a new coach and a new general manager, and you're going to be right back where they are right now. Well, at six, at worst, Baldy, they're going to be able to get a shot at – the possible third best non-quarterback in this draft, third best mm-hmm. player in this draft who doesn't throw the ball for a living. Um, and Atlanta might take a quarterback, so it might just be Cincinnati actually taking um, someone at a different position before they draft. I just wonder with the New England ties there and them having seen what an Aaron Hernandez and a Gronk did together and how that mm-hmm. can help a young quarterback. And I know they have other needs. But I just wonder if Pitts is sitting there that you don't take him and he oh. and Gasecki, you know what I mean? And have no, no, fun no. stopping that with Fuller and Parker yep. when they're healthy on the outside. Like, good luck. Tua, Tua, if you can't get it done with that, you're you're not the guy. No, look, look it's, it's, a, it's a really good discussion uh, because I've said that Kyle Pitts might be the best receiver in this draft. I mean, you could call him a tight end and he, he can line up at the end of the line sometimes and you know, uh, get a stalemate with some people. I mean, he's not a, a dominant blocker, but he can. He's not terrible at it. I've watched him at Florida, but he is a dynamic route runner and target, and he can jump over the moon to go get a ball. He can run by. I mean, and he catches everything thrown to him. So he's got. So, I mean, Mike Kosicki is a freak athlete himself. Yep. I mean, you got two guys in the middle of the field that you can just um, move around and match up and. I mean, it'd be fun to be a coordinator if you had two guys like that. And I'm not – look, if you had a chance at Jamar Chase, I don't know that I would turn it down. But I, I don't know that they can go wrong right now if they had a choice between Chase and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I I, I, I don't think they can either. And the Eagles were obviously a part of this flurry of activity, Baldy. You're, you're close to that situation. Yeah. Um, I, I know that they're intrigued by some quarterbacks in this draft, but the odds of them getting one they love at six don't really make a lot of sense. They were very interested in Deshaun Watson, but he is dealing with a you know a, a, a litany of claims against him well, right now. Those teams before the deal got done to go up to number three. Yeah. You know, they were in that discussion, but they just, you know, they weren't. Right, willing to part with everything that they were being asked to to give up. So and, and, and so the thinking is, as far as I can, what I've gleaned, and I'm, I'm guessing you heard the same. Well, at six, we're not going to get what we want. San Francisco made their jump, and us moving up on top of that doesn't make sense. Jalen Hurts is some clay that we can mold and find out more about. And with if five quarterbacks go in the top eight, us dropping down is still going to get us in the same group of blue chip guys. It'd be a little thinned out but there should still be multiple blue chippers for us to get now. And Baldy next year's draft, we're going to know a hell of a lot more about those players, right? Next February or early March with the new schedule, we're going to have standard medical data and metrics and times and three cone, right? We're not going to have to wait till pro days to get that stuff. And they're probably going to play a cool, a full season across the board. So I kind of, I get what the Eagles did. I don't hate it. Well, I, I, I look to drop down six spots and to pick up a, a number one draft pick next year. It, it's kind of hard not to say that's a good deal by Howie Roseman. But if they pass on Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase and they become perennial Pro Bowl players, if they do, right? That's you know because the Eagles haven't drafted a receiver. Now I'm not 
I'm not going to just write Jalen Rager off right. just yet. But they haven't drafted a receiver since Mike Quick that went on and did anything in his business. I mean, you go through the whole list of them for 30 years now. They've been in that situation. So, I mean, I know the Eagle fans know how bad their history is at drafting receivers. And if they pass on Pitts, who's from Philadelphia, went to Archbishop Wood right up here in the Northeast, like if they pass on Pitts and Chase to go back to 12 to get somebody that maybe is maybe he's good, maybe who knows, like that's going to be hard to stomach. However, um, we don't know how any of these receivers – I remember not that long ago, Jason, that Sammy Watkins was – the number one pick at wide receiver in this whole draft. He's now in Baltimore on his third team and has traveled around this league. Uh, so maybe he's on his fourth team. But so that's you, you don't know how it's going to work out. A lot of it has to do with the system and the quarterback and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think that if they had a chance at maybe a truly great player, and only time will tell, that that might be a, a, a move that they regret. Yeah, um, it certainly sets up no shortage of intrigue as we inch closer to the draft. Uh, Baldy, we've talked in the past about the Panthers and their desire. And I shouldn't say their desire. It's owner. It's the owner. David yeah. Tepper's not sold on the quarterback. He wants a quarterback. He, he wanted Watson. Obviously, that's a, that's been that scenario has changed significantly. Somebody else has already leaped up into the top three. Um I wouldn't rule out the Panthers moving into four or five if they think they have to. Um, but I, it's there's no guarantee at this point that a kid they like is there at at eight. I, I think that's another team to really keep an eye on in terms of a pre-draft move. I do. I agree. I totally agree. Um, and I wouldn't rule out Denver either. Yep. If, because uh, I don't think anybody in Denver's and. Love with Drew Locke right now, and um, they got a new general manager and new way of doing things. Um, and so, you know, John Elway couldn't get that thing fixed forever. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, did what he had to do at the end. But really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't preclude Denver. We got to see also what happens possibly with, uh, you know, with Sam Darnold with the Jets, and if he becomes available, uh, yep. should the, the Jets, you know, be secure with? whether it's Zach Wilson, whoever it might be, um, you know, because then they've got to move. I think they've got to move Sam. Like it doesn't make yes. sense. It makes no sense to hang on to him. Get what you can, whether it's a second round pick. It's not a knock on Sam. I just never remember a quarterback being in the league drafted that high for three years. And all you have next to his name is an incomplete. And it's an, it's a big giant incomplete. And really nobody knows. Maybe it's going to be Ryan Tannehill uh, in, in another place. But I think the Jets have to move Sam if they draft this quarterback, uh, you know, with the number two pick and just start building with them and just start growing with them with a new regime and new way of doing things. So what do you think about Jimmy G and Sam Darnold? We'll, we'll pivot there. I mean, look, New England, if they want Jimmy G, uh, all the everything that incubated him and developed him before is still there. Same offense, same coordinator, play caller, same head coach. Um, and actually, better tools in, in many regards uh, from the skill position standpoint than when he left and things were in decline. Nick Casario in Houston was a part of the regime in New England that originally drafted and then traded uh, Garoppolo to San Francisco, somewhat under duress because they had to do it because they were going to lose mm -hmm. him. And then do you think Carolina or 
Maybe even Houston could make sense for Sam Darnold. Any other natural matches you see there? Well, I think there's a financial component to both of them. I mean, Jimmy G is owed $25 million this year. I might be wrong on that, Jason, but I, I think it's yeah, 25. Yeah, 25, yep. Sam Darnold's still on his rookie contract. You could basically rent Sam for a year and see if he's your guy, like Tennessee did with Tannehill. And, you know, if if, if he flourishes the way Tannehill did, uh, you know, then you can make the investment in Sam. But I think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's got two things going against him. He's got an injury history. And it started in New England when he got a chance to start, you know, when Tom Brady was suspended and he got hurt in his second game, you know, there. And so, uh, and then to miss 23 games in San Francisco, you know, the, the amount of injuries that have accumulated now and a $25 million price tag, I, I don't know how many suitors there are going to be for Jimmy Garoppolo right now. The two places you mentioned are natural connecting points between the Patriots and the Texans, especially in light of, the situation they have in Houston right now, where that situation is is very much in flux about what's going to take place. And so, I mean, I, I, I don't know that there's an, another landing spot for him right now. Yeah, and, and even the return on some of these guys will be fascinating. I, I, I mean, a, a Sam Darnold, I, I don't know that he gets – like, like we saw Rosen, right, go from the 10th overall pick to, like, traded for, what, something in the 50 or the 60s? The, the, pick. Yeah, the, that Cincinnati gave up. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that they get more than a third-round pick for, for Sam Darnold. Well, I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a buyer's market. And so, you know, I, I just don't think that you, – you, you basically have to make the decision, we've got our guy, let's get what we can get. Because, look, they, they've waited this long. So, really, you know, the teams that have made moves in free agency, whether it's the Chicago Bears or, you know, all the teams that have made moves, um, you know, they basically, did they take Sam out of that market with some of the moves that have been made to, whether it's, you know, Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever, are they out of that market right now because of waiting this long to make this decision? One team that finally made a move in a market that uh, they absolutely had to was the Baltimore Ravens. Much has been made of here and elsewhere about um, that being probably a bottom four wide receiver room in the NFL and Lamar Jackson. You know, we've seen Ray Lewis come out and Steve Smith come out and Kurt Warner come out and Baldy, you've beat the drum that like, you know, you, you got to give this kid at some point more to play with. They go out and get the last man standing. They had Confederate money with these receivers, Kenny. They were, they were uh, Kenny. I'm sorry, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny's who I do my radio show with, Ken Lyman. Baldy, they had Confederate money. You know, they, they wanted to give it to Juju. He didn't want to take it. We'll give you nine and a half. Now I'll take eight to stay. Hey, you know, you want a multi-year deal, T.Y. Hilton with us? Nah, man. Nah, I'm good. I'm going I'm to end up staying in Indianapolis yeah. for less money. You know, they didn't want to pay the freight on Galladay. Um and I understand guys on a proof of contract not wanting to go to a place where they throw the ball the least in the NFL. Yeah. But I don't know about Sammy Watkins being much of an upgrade, Baldy. He's he's in the last three years he's missed fourteen games. That's almost the equivalent of a full season. Um twelve point five yards per catch the last three years. Eh. Um six one, but I, I don't think of him as a uber physical receiver. I mean, is he better than Miles Boykin? I mean, yeah, he better be. But what do you do? You, do, do what do you think of what they have now for Lamar Jackson? Now that free agency is effectively over at the receiver position, 
Do the Ravens ever going to fix this issue? I don't know, bro. I don't know. I mean, it's been going on now for how long, Jason? I mean, I could go through the list. I mean, we all can. The list of receivers. I mean, they had Des Bryant there last year. and yeah. I mean, the only guy that's ever really come in there and elevated anybody was Anquan Bolden. Yep. And they won a championship with him, and they probably wouldn't have won without him. Yep. But really, they, they – I mean, I don't know if you want to say Marquise Brown is a, is a miss, but he's not a part of the offense. Um it's an afterthought right now. The amount of games that he's influenced since he's been there. So I don't believe Sammy Watkins. I mean, did Sam, did Kansas City miss anything when Sammy Watkins was in the lineup, not in the lineup? I'm not here to, to denigrate Sammy Watkins, but he doesn't look like he moves the needle anywhere he goes. And so, you know, I mean, and, and the offense is really, I mean, it's just, it's just, look, if, if they can't, run the ball down people's throats. They get stuck. They just do. And like, it's, you know, whether Greg Roman comes up with new passing concepts or whatever, like it's, it's never going to be what they do. Well, I just don't believe it. And so I don't think adding Sammy Watkins helps that passing attack when they get stuck against Buffalo and can't score a touchdown, you know, and they're just, you know, they're, they're just going nowhere, you know, against Tennessee the year before. Uh, you go through all these playoff losses that they've had, and it's been the same story three years in a row. Yeah, and and Baldy, the other part of the equation is that they they have drafted wide receivers about as bad as any team in the league. Well, uh, no one ever gets a second contract. I mean, they they spent two picks last year on Prochet and Duvernay. Yeah. Didn't use them. I don't know. Maybe they make a jump this year, but it didn't look like they were going to be much of a factor the way that they, they use them. Yeah. I, uh, I'll be fascinated to see too, if there is an ancillary trade market, like you look at a team like new England, right. And they, they spent 50 million over the next two years on two tight ends. And, uh, what, 13 a year on Aguilar six, six for born. That's a lot of money on pass catchers. You know, Jacoby Myers isn't a world beater. But if you look at some of his in that offense and how constricted it was, you look at some of his metrics and it's like, I mean, you know, is he better than Miles Boykin? I maybe. And the, the kid I'm really intrigued by is Cam Sims with Washington. Six five, came out of Alabama, undrafted. He had five catchers or more in four of their last six games, seven balls for over a hundred in the playoff game. Baldy, you look at his yak per reception. Okay. The only guy in the league at the wide receiver position who was better was Debo Samuel. I think about the Ravens, like they're an intermediate passing game, right? Yak would be massive for them. He's a big target. And Washington went out and signed Humphreys to play the slot, and they signed Curtis Samuel, who moves all over the place, and they're going to have to pay Scary Terry in another year. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to see some teams be adventurous and, and you know, try to exploit uh, – you know, there's a kid in, in San Diego I like a little bit as well, um, who's now, you know, who's stuck. I, I'd like to see teams be proactive in well, that regard because it gets young players on the field instead of being yeah. stuck. And I think there's some, you know, there's, there's there's some things to cultivate there potentially. Yeah. I mean, look, I I think when you're in the situation that they're in, you gotta you got to look at everything and everything that's possible, uh, every possibility. I mean, the waiver wire um, – you know, this uh, second wave of free agency that might happen after the 
sign your rookie class and guys that might be June 1st casuals. I think you got to look at, I think you have to look at everything right now to try to upgrade that position because it's a very good football team, except for their passing game, which, you know, has really failed them. And I'm not putting it all on Lamar by any, by any stretch. Um, he's just limited. I mean, Willie Sneed on, I mean, the ball was going to Willie Sneed or was going to Mark Andrews yeah, on third yeah, down. If you yeah. look Andrews now, it was like, okay, what can Lamar do? And that's just where they were on third down and, and for the red zone for that, that matter as well. And so, um, look, it's, it's, it's a problem that I don't believe has been solved by the player that you named here to start this discussion. Yeah, and and so the interesting thing will be too, Baldy. If we take a, a a look at the the sort of the macro level AFC, now that the dust has largely settled on free agency, there's some pass rushers out there still, but that's about it. You know, I mean, New England got better on paper. I don't know that they got good enough to challenge Buffalo or to be ready for a uh, a deep playoff run with the quarterback position, etc. But they added. I feel like Tennessee lost some really key players from a defense that wasn't great to begin with. Um, And I do worry about that running back hitting the wall when they give him the ball 350 times again next year. Um, I think Baltimore has not addressed their key needs to any degree. I think Pittsburgh, you know, I'm just kind of looking at that tier below Kansas City. You know, I think Pittsburgh has... Barely tread water, and and treading water is probably not what they want to do with that quarterback. And even that eight million, Baldy, I I keep my secondary intact. Let Juju walk, take the comp pick, and build with a running game in the defense because Ben's not going to be able to do anything next year. And they're loaded at receiver, and they can't they they draft receivers better than anybody. They can't draft a corner to save their life, and they're letting established corners walk to keep Juju. I, I kind of feel like that middle class has been picked through. It's Kansas City. It's Buffalo, and then a lot of question marks. Well, we got to see what I'm. I'm anxious to see what Brandon Staley does with the Chargers, because with that quarterback, uh, you know, they dressed the offensive line with Corey Lindsley and some players up front. Um, I'm anxious to see. I, you know, if you get the guys healthy, you know, uh, you know, on defense, and with that quarterback, I mean, I, I feel like that is a team that could could make a jump. I don't think anybody believes that the mm-hmm. Raiders have any idea what they're doing. No, no. Um, I mean, it just looks like a mess to me. We got to see what Miami can do here. Um, you know, with all the things that they're putting together, uh, their defense was really good last year. So we got to see if that, you know, you know, if they can keep that spot being a top 10 defense. So we'll see how that goes, you know, and then look, I mean, Cleveland is a team that, you know, they, they took Kansas city to the brink and, I believe that they're just going to get better. I think they got the right guy in charge. They got the right offense right now. The offense line was the best in football a year ago. Uh, and those two backs are going to be just as good this year as they were last year. So, and Odell Beckham, for what everybody wants to think about him, makes a difference. So we'll see how that goal plays. But I think Cleveland's a team that looks like they can compete right now. Yeah, I, I do think that's a team that can can take a step up. And if they do find that other edge presence, whether through the draft or yeah. whether it's a Justin Houston or, you know, a, a Melvin Ingram or something like that, um, I, I think they get even more intriguing. Um, but, yeah, I, I just was kind of thinking about it the other day. Like, boy, oh, boy, I, I a lot of teams that have been pushing, you know, the last couple of years in the playoffs 
I, I, I do wonder if they've taken a step back from a personnel standpoint and with the cap going down and, and some of those owners not being willing, at least at this point, to go spend way over cash, you know, cash over cap to keep it together. Um, anything else on, on your mind here, Baldy, as we sit with March turning to April? And um, I am sure our next couple episodes are going to be super heavy on the draft. But Well, when's the next trade, Jason? I mean, you predicted that there was going to be multiple trades a week ago at this time, and, and they happened. I mean, when's the next trade? Because that's really the draft is going to start once the quarterbacks are basically decided upon. And every single one of these teams that just watched what happened last Friday between the Eagles 49ers and the Dolphins are now saying, okay, the quarterbacks are going one, two, three for only the third time in the history of this league. And it's never been one through four. And does somebody want to get to four? Does the Atlanta Falcons yeah. want to use that pick? Does Carolina want to get to four? Does Denver want to get to four? Like what? You know, who wants to get to four right now? If you feel like, you know, especially – like, I'm, I'm kind of curious after this 49er move, Jason, how long the 49ers between John Lynch, Jed York, Kyle Shannon, can they keep it to, close to their vest about right. what their intentions are going to be? Like, I don't think you can keep it close to your vest. for, and You just can't keep that secret for the next month until April 29th. And so once that's revealed or so, – some assemblance, because that's how it happened in 2016 with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Like, once the Eagles knew that the Rams weren't taking Wentz, right. then they made the move. So, you know, it's almost like once the 49ers somehow reveal what they're going to do, it may tip the hand of Atlanta or Carolina yes. or somebody else. You go, all right, our guy is still available. Let's go. Let's make the move. I feel like that's the next move. Yeah, I, I do as well. I don't. I don't see Mike – look, I think the Bengals are the, a perfect trade-down candidate. I just don't mm-hmm. think Mike Brown is wired that way. But, yes, Atlanta at four. Um, a quarterback is definitely in play. Uh, a tackle would obviously be in play. And Kyle Pitts has to be in play for everybody. And, um, you know, Matt Ryan is, has has done a lot of work with, uh, with tight ends in particular. Um, but, yes, Atlanta, if they get the sense that, you know – a and B are off the board and they don't want to draft C there, or they think they could go back to eight and maybe still get C there, but let Carolina come up for whatever guy they want. Um, it certainly sets up for, for some intriguing possibilities. Uh, and one if thing, one thing, um, Jason, you know, like the winners, we didn't really talk about this, but the winner in free agency was clearly the edge rushers. They are the ones that may, whether yes. it's Trey Henderson or Carl Lawson, go through the list of them. Jack Barrett, uh, yeah. In Rockway, I mean, we, we all know the names. And so, really, the reason why it was is because it's really unsure about just who these edge rushers are in this draft. I mean, we know Jalen Phillips. We know the names. But, like, there's no Miles Garrett here. No. You know, that you're going to be chasing. And so, everybody has sort of – you can name I can name eight guys that have an upside – but there's no guy that you go, that this is a lot. And that's why free agency was so valuable to those edge rushers. And so I think that, you know, the, the, the way free agency goes first in the draft, you got to fill that hole first, and a lot of teams did. And so the receivers didn't really go. Um, I, 
you know, it's still a question mark to me. Kenny Galladay worth seventy two million dollars. I mean, I, I don't know about that. Um, you know, the quarterback better be damn good in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and get the ball to him a bunch because uh, the quarterback was really good in Detroit, and you know, I mean, he was. I didn't see him win a whole lot more games with that connection. So, you know, this is a good draft for wide receivers. And, you know, so you're going to see a bunch of them go. But it's not a great draft for offensive tackles. I, there's no – to me, there's no Tristan Wirfs or right. Mekhi or Jedrick Wills that could come in and lock your position down. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of names. I mean, I could give you a dozen off the top of my head. But I don't know that I'm going to give you a Tristan Wirfs who's going to mm-hmm. come in and just – kick ass for, you know, 19 straight weeks in a row like he did. Yeah, and, and uh, this is a deep receiver draft, and obviously quarterbacks are going to get overdrafted just because, and now there really are because, you know, like we're talking about possibly four going in the top four and five in the top eight. And, and uh, so that, that will automatically create value at some other positions. Um, we will definitely uh, take – even more of a uh, of a of a narrow approach uh, in our next episode, looking at some of the the prospects. Um, I, I think Baldy, you know, sleepers as well. You, you're you you you're not just in the you know in this for the stars and the glory boys. You know, you you, you I want to see what you think of my boy Zach Davidson from D two Central Missouri State. Um, you know, some some off the radar cats who you like, and obviously we'll, we'll take a look at the top ten as well. No, but I remember a year ago, probably around this time, I remember, you know, studying this kid from, you know, University of Charlotte, Alex Highsmith. And I'm like, you know, he only did, you know, set the school record for sacks and yeah. his movement. You know, Steelers took him in the third round, but his, he had really good tape, you know. And I don't think anybody thought that Chase Claypool was going to go do what he did in Pittsburgh this year when he was coming out of Notre Dame. And so, I mean, those were second and third round picks. But I've got plenty of guys as we get closer to April 29th that I have looked at and found and, and kind of like started making some notes on and going, man, there's, there's a lot of them. Like, I mean, I just give you one, like, uh, I mean, this, uh, you know, a lot, it's not a secret, but Elijah Moore at Ole Miss is mm-hmm. a stud, you know? And so uh, when you look at a guy like Ellerson Smith out of Northern Iowa, um, man, he, he, he looks like he has what it takes to be, I don't know, a Max Crosby, maybe better than Max okay. Crosby. Yeah, like, you know, I mean, he's he's going to be that fourth-round kid that, um, you know, the way Jared Allen was a fourth-round yes. kid coming out of Idaho, you know, back, way back when. But, like, there's guys out there, and you got to do your homework, but you can find these fourth- and fifth-round and seventh-round picks. Like, uh, that Cameron Curl was a seventh-round pick last yeah. year for Washington. Yep. Um, they didn't miss a beat when they lost their starting safety with that kid coming in there. So, yeah, there, I'll have plenty of those as we get closer and closer to April 29th. So you're not going to miss – you're not going to want to miss that. Baldy Sleepers coming up on the next episode of Baldy's Breakdowns. We will, though, um, bid you guys adieu for now. As always, please check us out on Odyssey, on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review. Um, give us feedback. Again, you can find me at Jason Lock and Four on Twitter. You can find Baldy at Baldy NFL. And uh, Baldy, I will keep making the phone calls and you keep yep. grinding the tape and we will get everybody prepared for the draft soon. And a uh, big shout out to Odyssey for believing on us and 
keeping us employed here and yes, you know, sir. continuing with, uh, you know, with a new partner and helping to grow this company here. So good job, Jason. Look forward to our next, uh, our next podcast, our next conversation.